Welcome to the ISO on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. This is Mailbag Episode, Mailbag Wednesday, where I take listeners' questions that you can submit uh, through YouTube, through Instagram, through Twitter, through our Facebook on Gonzaga Nation SI, or send them directly to me at dandickow 21 on Twitter, or you can email me dickow at scorebooklive.com. But I take your questions, I answer them. It could be Gonzaga-related. Uh, it could be uh, just basketball related, whatever uh, you kind of have a question about. Uh, I will answer them. And one of the questions of the day will be spotlighted as our epic sports bar question of the day. Epic sports bar out at Northern Quest Casino in Airway Heights, Washington, just outside of Spokane, right by the airport. It's an unbelievable resort and casino and hotel. Uh, Epic Sports Bar is tremendous with enormous TVs, great selection of food, drinks, beers, you name it. But they are a presenting sponsor of one of the selected questions of the day. So we'll just get right into it. Tim from Coeur d'Alene asks, are you a sneakerhead? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not. I used to think that I was a sneakerhead. Um, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, um, you know, when I was in college and then when I got to the NBA, I had access to an unbelievable amount of shoes. And with that access to shoes and people at Nike who became good friends, people at Adidas, uh, when I was maybe thinking about switching shoe companies, uh, they would send me an enormous amount of gear and a lot of the gear and in particular, a lot of the shoes were limited editions, limited releases, stuff that uh, you you would have to search high and low for to find. Um, now, with all the you know separate colorways and the ability to kind of create your owns and, and ID your own shoes, um, you know the options to kind of tweak things and make things unique are, are, are absolutely off the charts. But um, you know, I, I I collected shoes for a number of years when I didn't have to pay for them. Now that I have to. I would pay for a lot of them. I still get a, a number of free shipments of gear throughout the year from different companies, but um, I don't kind of search the websites. I don't go through the apps looking for different things. Um, although when you look at some of the unique releases that are out there, whether it's, you know, you're talking about the, the Jordan brands of the Jordans that come out in different colorways or some of the air force ones or, um, you know, some of the uh, uh, Adidas uh, kind of superstar models and colorways, pretty darn cool, pretty darn unique. Um, but, you know, when it comes to it, my house uh, buying shoes, it goes to my kids, unfortunately, now. But I'm pretty sure that's a, a typical question and answer from somebody that is uh, like myself that, um, you know, has kids that you want them to wear the the the, the newer stuff than I have. But that being said, I'm not hurting for shoes. I still have a number of, of unworn game shoes and kind of just Air Force One uh, allotments that, that I haven't gone through yet. So great question, Tim from Coeur d'Alene. Next question from Mike in LA is, are you surprised that Gonzaga hasn't been hit by the transfer portal? Um, no, I'm really not. And I, and I think the reason why is because um, one of the reasons why there's such a problem with the transfer portal is because college coaches overpromise opportunities, minutes, 
and under deliver with their development many times for their players. And so when you think you're going to get X amount of minutes and it doesn't happen, and then you get underdeveloped so that when an opportunity comes and you're not ready to take advantage of it, you just kind of go right back into the same role that that you were in while you're wanting a bigger role. And so you're never, never really able to climb uh, out of that role in into an enhanced role, unfortunately. Uh, I think that's uh, a, a big issue within sports itself right now is, um, you know, having to re-recruit rosters every year, having to be unique as you're recruiting out of the transfer portal or you're recruiting out of the high school uh, ranks, um, you have to, I hate to say it, you have to try to separate yourself. And many times coaches promise things that they can't deliver on when a player gets in on campus. And so players go in with unrealistic expectations of what they're usage is going to look like unrealistic expectations of where their game truly is at that time and not knowing how to work through the frustrations and the struggles to get to where they want to be. And then they'll think back and remember, well, this coach from this other school told me this, I'm out, I'm going to go there. And now it doesn't happen. And now you're seeing a a lot of times players on their, uh, obviously on their second school, but you're even seeing many kids on their third and fourth schools now. Um, and, And I think, you know, I'm not against the ability for players to transfer, but it's become so easy and so commonplace that players don't battle through and work through the struggles of things aren't going great right away. I'm out. I'm going to go look for something else. Um, now, I have to, you know, obviously put out there that, you know, I was a player that transferred myself. Um, and and so people might say, well, hey, but you transferred, you, you're, you're not looking at it from the player perspective. 100% I am. But when I transferred 23 years ago or whatever it was, there was only maybe 100 or 200 players a year that was transferring because it, it wasn't an epidemic like it is now. You know, I think uh, when, to go back to the original question, I'm not surprised that Gonzaga hasn't been affected or bothered by it because Coach Few and the staff are very clear from the start, you know, where they see you, where their expectations are, how they're going to develop you, um, what the team needs are and what the team wants are. And then they go about executing their plan. I mean, a great example is when when Jalen Suggs um, was a freshman and he's clearly going to have the ball in his hands because he's a one and done type talent. Andrew Nemhart transfers in and then the NCAA changes their uh, eligibility waiver situations their guidelines Gonzaga asked Jalen Suggs if they were okay if he was okay if he thought it would be good for him good for the team for them to apply for a waiver waiver for Andrew Nemhart. he said of course that's going to help me in the long run it's going to help the team in the long run let's do it and so I, I think when you look at it that's an example of Gonzaga keeping things out in the front keeping things out in the open and being honest with it Uh, And then, you know, when that happens, when things arise, you adjust and you make the right decision for the program first and then the individual players second. Um, I have been surprised, though, that the NBA draft is waiver or excuse me, um, declaration has hit them the way it was. I was kind of holding out hope that Nemhart would come back. I figured Strother would be back, even though he's in the draft right now. And I think he would he will come back. Uh, it, It just kind of puts a few things uh kind of in that gray area of, of of you know what you do with 
guys that you're looking at in the portal? Do you think Strother's coming back or not? Do you think Timmy's coming back or not? It, it, it adds a little question mark to some of the guys I'm sure they were going after in the transfer portal, or at least um, connecting with to, to start that recruitment and start that relationship process. But, um, you know, the interesting thing is, and the cool thing for Gonzaga, there were only 10 programs that have not lost a scholarship player in the transfer portal. Uh, now, Gonzaga, Will Graves, um, he, who's been a walk-on, is in the transfer portal, possibly looking for, for a place to play at the Division II, maybe the NAI level, which I, I wish him the best because he's a tremendous player. Um, you know, he's not a, a Division I starter, but he is a great player who I've seen get hot in practices and have nice stretches. Um, and so you want to see a guy like that have an opportunity to play extended minutes, big minutes uh, at the game they love in their final college season. Um, but when you look at it, 10 player, 10 programs haven't lost a single tr- a scholarship player. Duke, Miami, Kansas, St. John's, Gonzaga, Rutgers, LIU, Brooklyn, Army, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, and Grambling. That's pretty amazing. And I think that goes to show you the openness and the honesty throughout the process of recruiting and then postseason evaluations with their guys uh, about where they stand and, and what they all need to do, both collectively as well as individually. So, Mike, great question. I appreciate that. Uh, next question is Sarah in Sacramento. She asks, the Kings hired Mike Brown. What do you think about this hire? Well, I think Mike Brown's a tremendous basketball coach. He's been a, a head coach uh, at a couple different stops in the NBA, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, he coached with uh, the Spurs for a number of years. He's been with Steve Kerr in Golden State for, for quite some time. He's actually got a Gonzaga connection, uh, or at least a WCC connection in, in uh, that he played at the University of San Diego. A lot of, a lot of really good basketball coaches have come out of San Diego, that Toro basketball program, uh, as well as front office executives. Um, but, you know, I like the hire and the fact that he is a good coach. Um, he's had success. I don't like the hire in the fact that, um, you know, the NBA is such a retread league as far as hiring coaches. Um, you know, I, I think uh, one of the, the things that gets frustrating or for a young coach um, that you would wish to change a little bit is more front office is taking a, a, a chance on young up and coming coaches. And you're seeing what uh, some of them can do right now when they get their chance. Ime um, Udoka with the Boston Celtics is doing a tremendous job in his first year, uh, but it took him a while to get his chance. Um, you, you look at Taylor Jenkins with, with Memphis. I mean, he's under 40 years old and he's doing a great job with that program. Uh, Nick Nurse was uh, a longtime assistant, finally got his chance. He's won a title with the Raptors. Uh, obviously they're out of the playoffs now, but he's a heck of a coach. Chris Finch with Tim, Minnesota Timberwolves. He was a longtime assistant coach, finally got his, his chance, and he's been tremendous. Um, you know, I think, unfortunately, and it's a lot of times it's the easy thing to do because then you can sell that to your fan base. You may be able to sell that to agents or and free agents um, uh, is a known name. Um, and I think the, you, you saw that with Sacramento, even though I think Mike Brown will do a good job. I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see that with, with the Lakers. They have to hire a name. They will not hire a young and up-and-coming coach that might be the re- best one for that job. Uh, you've you've heard Doc Rivers linked to the Lakers, which I don't get. He was with the Clippers for years, and now he's doing great things with the Sixers. 
you're seeing Terry Stotts with formerly with the Blazers linked to the Lakers, uh, Mark Jackson being linked. Um, I would love to see another young opportunity come up for a coach. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to come through with the Lakers job. It's just too high profile. You're, you're, you're talking about coaching one of the all-time greats in LeBron James. They're, they're going to go with a known name. So thanks for the question, Sarah. Appreciate it. And now on to our Epic Sports Bar question of the day. Epic Sports Bar at Northern Quest is Spokane's home for sports. Catch all the action up close and personal on a 30-foot HD TV. Enjoy upscale pub bear, craft beer, and cocktails too. Epic Sports Bar, where watching sports is a sport. More information at northernquest.com. And our Epic Sports Bar question of the day comes from Luke Incini. What is the most important skill on a basketball court? <laughs> I'm just going to flat out make it a one-word answer. Shooting. Shooting is the most important skill on a basketball court. I'll expand a little bit, but, you know, I, I've always said footwork is very important. I've always said ball handling is very important. Ball handling being the ability to pass and catch as well as dribble the ball to get where you want on the floor, whether it's to initiate offense at the right angle, whether it's to get into the teeth of the defense by getting by your def defender. Uh, all those things are very important. Defense is very important. Rebounding is important. But at the end of the day, shooting is the most valued skill in the game of basketball. Uh, if, if you can shoot it, but you're a little bit limited athletically, you got a chance to play. There is a spot on every single team in this world at any level, professional, college, high school, youth, all and down the line, city league even. If you can shoot the basketball, there is a spot on a roster for you. So Luke from Cheney, thanks for the question. Uh, it was the easiest answer of the day. The most important skill in the game of basketball, shooting. I'd like to think that I knew how to shoot the ball a little bit at one point in my career. So thanks again for all the questions for the ISO and Mailbag Wednesday on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. I'm your host, Dan Dickow.